0: Thank you for listening to the Church podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. God has stirred me uh, in my spirit that we must not just be a group of people that come together and have church a few times a week and enjoy all this kind of stuff that we got to be relevant. If we're not relevant, then we're not fulfilling our kingdom calling. uh, And, of course, we define relevant as being uh, in touch with the current condition of the state of things. Uh, I have a firm conviction and always have. I think I've told you before that I'm a pretty adamant preacher. Um, And when I go off preaching, I usually uh, uh, will apologize to the crowd because I always preach like I really believe that the church is the answer. And I believe that the solution is found in the church house and not the White House. Amen. I, I believe that the body of Christ is the answer. Jesus is the answer. I believe there is a balm in Gilead. There is a physician and uh, we are probably in, I don't think there's no probably, probably to it, and I don't think there'll be no over-exaggeration that we are in a crisis of humanity that you have never seen in your lifetime. Uh, ca- can I get a witness? Uh, that our nation is coming unraveled morally. Uh, and the reason it's coming unraveled morally is because it came unraveled spiritually. So goes the pulpit, so goes the nation. Uh, I'm, I believe in being a patriot. I believe that, that you ought to be a voter and you ought to know what you're voting. I believe you need to be careful that you don't vote uh, parties, that you vote Bible, that when you go to the ballots, it ought to be governed by your biblical worldview. Now, some of you, I, told, I preached last week that the world we're living in is demanding that you take a side. Uh, you're no longer, we're living in a nation now to where you're, you're, you're no longer going to be able to stay neutral, uh, whether it's on race, denomination, political party, uh, uh, the, 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 the news media that you're probably watching. Uh, is dividing you against the other side, Uh, and every one of them have their own biases. I'm here to declare to you as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can't trust any of them. I ain't going to get many amens today, but I'm going to tell the truth. You can't tell any of them, and you should not be governing your decisions based on social media, Uh, Fox News, CNN News, CNBC. You shouldn't be base your opinion. You ought to have a biblical worldview. In other words, your opinions uh, should come straight from the Word of God. Not just the Word of God. The Word of God without the heart of God becomes very dangerous. I'm going to say that again. The Word of God without the Spirit of God with it become stones that kill people and divide people. So not only do you have to have truth, you have to have the spirit of the truth. And I don't know how far I'm going to go today. I'm going to just try not to be too lengthy. Um, but um, but I want to talk about the power of unity. Didn't know what to name it again. And the price of unity. Uh, And what I'm going to be teaching from this pulpit over the few weeks, next few weeks, years, whatever it takes as the Lord leads is not sermonizing anymore. It is conditioning you to be effective in the world you live in. And let me say it this way. What I'm going to share with you is going to condition you not to be affected by the world you live in. Amen but to be effective for the kingdom of God. And to do so, I'm going to have to step on some toes. We're going to have to really hold our political persuasions up to the light of the word. You're going to have to hold your truth up. And I hope I get to a, to a portion I want to preach tonight to or today to where we, like Pontius Pilate, ask the question, what is truth? I'm finding out and... Uh, Can y'all just go with me and let me share my heart this this morning? Uh, I'm finding out that we're being catapulted into a position right now. Uh, What's going on in the news? We're on the brink of civil war. We're on the brink of people taking up arms and killing one another because they're not of the same ethnicity or color or or, 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 um, political party. Uh, we're in one of the biggest messes we have seen and I'm telling you, it's spiraling out of control and it's gonna get worse and worse and worse and worse. Amen. I want you to know as your pastor, I'm gonna do everything that I can to stay in compliance with the laws of the land. Uh, But uh, I'm also going to stay in compliance with the law of the Lord above the law of the land. Amen. And uh, this thing is escalating and if you're not careful, that division will get in this house. So I'm going to attack it every chance I get and teach you how to think on a higher level because if not, you're going to get swallowed up in the aftermath of a divided world that you live in. Uh, And, of course, a lot right now is about race. But I want to tell you something about that right now in the outset of this discussion today that that term itself, and I'm going to be coming out of Ephesians 2 if you want to be making your way there, and it's it's really, a lot of people call Ephesians 2 the chapter of racial reconciliation because of its content, but I need to start getting you thinking on a whole new plane. Uh, what I mean by that, that e- even the term racial racial reconciliation can be racial within itself. I mean, it's just a term that sounds good and preachers are promoting it uh, and they're buying into terminology that we've got to think beyond that. You're going to have to really stay with me today, okay? But but the term racial uh, reconciliation, it, it by definition separates, it segregates humanity when in reality, uh, there's no such thing as racial reconciliation. I knew it was going to be quiet. Uh, amen. What some pastors are fighting for and, and, and what churches are fighting for is an indictment against them. That they believe there's two races. It's an indictment against we don't know the word of God. Amen. That they are not two races. Amen. There's one race, and it's a human race. Last week I preached on Joshua said, "Are you for us or for them?" Joshua, a mighty man of God, segregated two different people, and it's us and them. Can I tell you, in the body of Christ, there is no us and them; it's Him. Uh, I, I, I said, there is no us and them; it's Him. And that sounds cliche and it sounds kind of catchy, but when it becomes him, there's no more you. And until you lose your identity, we can never embrace true identity in Christ Jesus. And as long as you hold on to your identity, there's going to be division in the body of Christ. And today, I feel the Holy Spirit of God in a burden like I've never carried before. I told my wife I miss her lately because... Uh, there's been hours and depths of time that's having to be spent. I want to encourage you right now. If you don't feel the pull into a deeper level of prayer concerning the condition of our, uh, of the world we live in, I need you to shake yourself. I need to shake yourself. I started to say a well while ago for whatever reason, uh, and, uh, uh, I've been getting phone calls from the community, from different entities, uh, asking me to address some social situations. Um, And and I'm just trying to be careful not to say too much too early. Some social situations. Uh, those, Those phone calls drive me into prayer because every crisis demands good leadership. And if there's not good leadership, bad leadership will fill the vacuum thereof. And, and, and I talk to Christians and, and, and non-Christians and everybody's got a point of view and an, an opinion. And I can tell when talking to people that their opinion and truth is so real that everybody else is wrong and you're my enemy. So I'm finding out as, as we get into the word today, the hardest thing to fight, a lie is not hard to fight. Truth is hard to fight. Not, not absolute truth. I'm talking about your truth. It's hard for me to fight. Your truth is hard uh, because it's your perception of a thing is your truth. And your truth can be built on your feelings and emotions. If I feel it and I am moved by it, it must be truth. When in reality, we got to stop if we're going to find equality and unity in the body of Christ. And we got to answer the question, what is truth? Because as committed as you are to your truth, it might be error. It might be biased. It may be a truth based on your culture. Are, are, are y'all with me? Uh, and and but because you feel that way. Because you're moved by it, then you have embraced it as it, it, it must be true. Can I tell you, that is the genius of the devil that brings people under bondage. Amen. Uh, I'm, I'm going to throw a shock and awe out there before I even get into scripture of, 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 of what this really looks like. I've, I must be gay because I feel gay. I must be a homosexual because I have sexual inclinations to the same sex. That's, that's appalling to some people, but it's some people's world. And that's the truth to them. And if you don't know how to navigate that truth, are y'all catching me now? If I don't know how to navigate in their truth because I feel this way, I'm inclined this way, I was born this way, it must be the way I am. Some of you are just as adamant while you'll judge them about the truth you feel. yeah, and you can't understand why they behave like they behave yet you're behaving the same way in another way amen and 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 as they're wanting us to pass laws to to, 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 uh, to condone a lifestyle, you're wanting to do the same thing for all the laws to be passed to condone your lifestyle. So we got to stop when, I start, when we start addressing these and say before we even talk, I need to know what is truth. Because that's the only whale you got to draw from. Having said that, I'm about to present to you absolute truth and it trumps your truth and it trumps my truth. It's the only safest truth. So my first truth is quit talking about racial reconciliation because it does not exist. Let me tell you what does exist in reconciliation. Number reason, one the reason it does not uh, exist because there's only one human race. There's only one human race. Are you listening to me? We all, if you are a believer, if you are a believer in the word of God, every human on the planet can be traced back to the same parents. The Bible says you will produce after your own kind. That's why a black man can marry a white woman and produce children. It's because we are of the same kind. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is gonna get real uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna get a whole lot deeper from here. And we're going to lose some people. We're going to gain some people. But I've come to the conclusion, I'm not here to gain anybody or excommunicate anybody. I'm taking my side, in his name is Jesus. You know, I preached last week, whose side are you on and where do you stand? The Word of God is fixing to reveal to you whose side you own And where you stand. I want to say something else before we get into preaching. I'm just talking. Amen. You can take the right side in the wrong mindset and be just as evil as he that which is wrong. Amen. God spoke to me in the mountains of Tennessee and said, come, let's reason together. He said, go home and begin to listen. Go home and begin to reason with the other man. Go home and begin to reason with those that have a truth outside of your, because you have no right to invest in someone you will not listen to. And I'm seeing where conversations is. You're coming to my side or you're evil. Well, I come to declare to you today, we're not taking sides. We're on one side and his name is Jesus. Amen. And all that sounds real good right now because I hadn't started preaching because you think Jesus is on your side. Uh, I preached to you last week when Joshua said, are you on our side or their side? He said, I ain't on neither one of y'all's side. I'm on God's side. And if your side lines up with my side, we're going to be cool. Amen. We're going to be cool. All you Republicans think God's on your side. And then you Democrats think God's on your side. Oh, you men think God's on your side. You women think God's on your side. Yeah, we're going to get right down to every bit of it this morning. It's going to get very, I feel uncomfortable today, to y'all? I want to tell you this, the only, how do I say this? The only reconciliation that God can partner with is men being reconciled to him. There is no other reconciliation. Uh, are, Are you following me? The only, there is no racial reconciliation. The only reconciliation your Bible promotes is men being reconciled to him. am, Am I changing anything yet? So it's changing my trajectory before I engage these situations that for some reason they're calling. Amen. Here, for whatever reason, amen, uh, that that you can't even go into this thing, Joshua, until you take your shoes off, humble yourself and position yourself to hear what God is saying about the situation. Amen. But what I'm learning is if I'll quit trying to do racial reconciliation and just reconcile us back to God in his ways, then all division is annihilated. Did y'all catch that? if we're just reconciled back to God and His ways of doing things, then, then uh, division just diminishes. So today, I want to talk to you about citizenship. Politics. Y'all want to talk about politics? Uh, I want to read a scripture to you. We're going to Ephesians, but I want to read a scripture out of Philippians chapter number three, beginning in verse number 20. This will probably be the most unconventional preaching that you hear, and it's probably going to make you uncomfortable in some areas. All I want you to do is embrace that uncomfortableness as conviction of a faulty mindset. And I, and I know that's hard for us to do because you have your truth. And you want to hold on to that truth. But this is absolute truth. Your truth changes. Are y'all in Philippians 3.20? It says, for our conversation is in heaven. And that word conversation uh, is the word citizen. Our citizenship is in heaven. Did y'all catch that scripture right there? You, if you've been born again, you are a citizen of another world. Thank you. you I don't, that's profound. Huh? What what nationality are you? What ethnicity are you? What 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 denomination are you? What where, where are you sitting? And, and it's amazing to me that when you fill out those things or, or resumes, right, Scott, you, you got to tell them it's, it's divide. You see the division our world is in? They're dividing me. They're putting me in people groups. Because people groups is the epitome of division. And division is the most powerful force known to man. Therefore, unity is the most powerful thing known to man. And if I get to where I'm going today, today, you're going to see it's powerful. Jesus said, a house divided will not stand. A kingdom divided will not stand. Amen. So all the devil's got to do is get you divided. And the world you live in is dividing you by your skin color, your ethnicity, your uh, 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 political persuasion, uh, uh, gender, uh, just the whole thing is totally divided. Well, I can wipe every bit of that out with one statement. What are you? I'm a citizen of heaven. I just wiped out every, 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 and, and, and I'm learning new terminology. I was gonna say, "ever color. That's a lie from the devil. I didn't, you don't wipe out color. I'm sick of the lie. Oh, I'm colorblind. I can't tell you're black, Kamal. Really? (laughs) Uh, I'm colorblind. That is a disgrace to you as a black man, me as a white man, and God is the creator of the black and the white. You can come to me with all this. The black man has got more, uh, what's that stuff in y'all skin? Huh? Melatonin? Melatonin. I don't know, huh? Huh? You got more melanin? Is that right? Somebody help me. Melanin. Thank you. I'm struggling up here. You got more melanin makes your skin black, amen. And less makes my skin white. And, and where you live determine all that. Who come up with all this hogwash that will separate from you? Let me help somebody. God made you black, and He made me white, and you got a own it, love it, live in it, embrace it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. This stuff's got to be talked about. I'm not colorblind. I can tell very well that you're a black man, Jermaine. <laughs> And I, But it has no bearing on my feelings for you. Why? Because you are my brother. And I'm going to prove to you today by scripture that there is a unity found in Christ. Amen. That we're not just unified to one another. When we get in Christ, we become one another. Oh, that's too much right there. I'm not just one with you. If I am a body, my hand is not separate from me. It's Dean. My feet's Dean. My kneecaps are Dean. Is anybody listening to me? We're going to step into a level of unity to where I'm not just unified with you. I am you and you are me and we are Christ in this earth because we are the body of Christ. But you can't live like that if you want to hold on to you man (sighs) I just need you to look at your neighbor right now and say I'm a citizen of heaven huh you and your Americanized self huh yeah You think being American's big? I'm called, I got a higher calling than being an American citizen. I am a citizen of another world. Now the Bible makes clear: I'm a pilgrim. I'm a stranger just passing through. Why Why would I be influenced by your politics when I'm engaged in a political realm that is much higher than your politics? If you, we need help in the church. We need somebody to tell the truth. Truth. (laughs) But that's the problem. Everybody thinks they're telling the truth. We need a Pontius Pilate to stand up. We're just like Pontius Pilate. He was standing toe to toe with the truth and was asking what is truth. We stand toe to toe with Jesus and don't even know what the truth looks like. Because your truth is your God. I need to get some scripture down, I guess. <sighs> our conversation, my citizenship is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you some things that's just gonna be, I can't believe what's going on in our nation. I can't wrap my mind around what I'm seeing. But I can tell you this, we can no longer stand with hand over heart and say I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and for the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The whole thing is a lie now. You can like it or not like it. The whole thing is a lie. I pledge allegiance to the flag, which is a set of ideas and polity. It's a set of ideas and strategies. That's what that flag represents. I pledge allegiance to a a level of strategies, polity, ideals. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. She's not united no more. And to the Republic, which is that, I ain't got time to fool with that, uh, but that needs to be talked about within itself. One nation under God, none of that is true anymore. We're not one nation, we're not under God, and we're certainly not indivisible. I just got to get real with you. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. But while it's coming down, and America's coming down, you're watching it on your news right now. While it's coming down, somebody's got to raise the real flag. While it's coming down, while this kingdom's coming down, the body of Christ has got to exalt the only eternal kingdom ever known to mankind. It is the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's one of his names. The Lord is our banner. At least I, could, I knew it right now. But uh, For our conversation is heaven. We're looking for Jesus to come from there. Verse 21, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned unlike his glorious body. There is a change going on right now to this vile body called the body of Christ. And it's being transfigured. It, it's being transfigured into the body of Christ. But it is hurting like hell. It's hurting. It's hurting because it's prying a piece out of me, amen, that I have built my life on. It's it's hurting like heck. (laughs) Amen. It's hurting like heck because I'm still holding on to a mindset that's been handed down from generation to generation to generation. He said, he said, So now I'm trying to change my citizenship, Scott, to a higher dimension, and it hurts. It hurts just as bad as a homosexual trying to lay down feelings and emotions, amen, and embracing his God-called identity. I hope this is not a crude, I hate being on Facebook. I hope this is not a crude illustration, but I need you to see the magnitude of it, amen, of how it affects my feelings and my emotions. And then I got this crazy news that I'm listening to in social media that's just stirring up all kind of emotion and commotion. And the last phone call I got uh, was from a, a, a power entity in this community, Amen. that said this stuff was on, set on Facebook. I need you to address it because people who are bound by their own truth are going on Facebook and throwing out their truth and their truth destroys everything around them. So there's not, one proper, there's not but one proper response to this thing, and it's Jesus. But he can't be presented as a stone in my hand to kill you with it. We did that with the homosexuals, and now they, they can't come to Jesus. Yeah. He's going to change us and He's going to fashion us like unto His glorious body according to the working whereby, listen to Scripture, He is able to subdue all things to Himself. Isn't it amazing that the change and the fashioning is the fruit of God's subduing? You know what subdue means? Dominate. God said, I'm coming into my body and I'm going to dominate some mindsets with real truth and it's going to hurt it's going to hurt because you're going to feel like you're giving up a part of you that you've been loyal to for years, but your loyalty to you, your loyalty to you was disobedience to him. Yeah. Wow. But you got in a party that puffed your loyalty up, and you uh, we've we've allowed the world to put us in people groups. Well, can I tell you right now, Life Church? those people groups stop at the door of this church. They stop at the door of the kingdom. People groups stop at the door of the kingdom. And, and they cannot. So, so as pastor of you, and, and, and I don't do Facebook, but if I ever catch it on Facebook, amen, and you're using Facebook to to divide people into people groups, it must be dealt with and dealt with harshly because it's misrepresenting Jesus. It's antichrist. It's it's antichrist. Go to Ephesians with me and let's work this. Ephesians, y'all want to read some scripture? Scripture. Ephesians chapter number one. I read them last week. Verse number 20, which uh, uh, he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him where? God set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. uh, Far above all principality, power, might, dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come and has put all things under his feet talking about Jesus God has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is what which is what I don't know that that scripture is sinking in yet that we are the body of Christ picture it this way I'm a simple man uh uh, uh. I, I needed illustrations when I was in school. I lived off illustration. Just give me an example, and I can catch it. What I need you to get a picture of. This is what the church looks like. We are the body of Christ, Kamal. The head is in heavenly places, and the body is on the earth. And we're just the walking, talking body of Christ. The only differs from us in any other entity. We are thinking from a higher dimension. Our ideas are coming from another dimension and therefore expressed in an earthly realm. If I'm drawing my conclusions from this realm, I'm in trouble. If my ideas are being formed by an earthly government, I'm in trouble because they all put us in people groups. Uh, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, two and one, wherein time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power there, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, um, whom, whom we all used to be just like them. Tell your neighbor, you used to be just like them. Huh? Go ahead and tell them. Knock them off their high horse. You used to be just the biggest sinner. In the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy with his great love, has loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. Let's read six in concert out loud. Ready? Go. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Where? I'm not sitting with Christ. I'm sitting in Christ. Is that the word, y'all? Look at 13. But now where? Where? Now in Christ, Jesus, you who used to be way far off have been brought close by blood, by the blood of Jesus, for he he is our peace who has made both one and has tore down the middle wall of division between us. Paul, uh, Kamal made a statement that God keeps bringing back to my attention. Kamal said, we don't make peace. Only Christ could do that. We keep peace. We can't create peace. We just steward what he died for. The church has been a bad steward of peace. Why? Because we were influenced by the world we live in. 15 says, having abolished in his flesh the anger, the enmity. Have have y'all seen the anger? Have you seen the anger of people? They're angry. It's like they hate one another. They're so angry they can just take guns and just kill one another. Because you look different from me, or you don't worship like me. He said he tore down, he abolished this enmity. Even the law of commandments c- contained an ordinance for to make in himself of two, how many? One new man, not, not just another man, one brand new man with a new set of politics a new ideology, a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of responding. For to make in himself, to make in himself. So in other words, there's only one place that we're going to find complete peace and unity and it's in himself. Anything outside of him will never be unified. So making peace and that he may reconcile both to God. See the whole, you you see what I was trying to say when I started, he wasn't there to reconcile man to man. Jesus didn't come for racial reconciliation. He came to reconcile both parties to God. Ain't that a big difference? Now I'm fighting a different fight. Are y'all with me now? Now this, we're finna lead some, some stuff and I need you to be doct- indoctrinated with wherever God's leading us for this. I'm not going out there trying to reconcile with my black brother. I'm trying to get with my black brother and let's both reconcile to God and all our differences disappear. See, You start fighting issues with one another and the devil's got you. Am I making sense to anybody? It's the the wisest thing God's ever given me to be able to bring true and genuine healing. I'm listening to some of my superiors that that are preaching the word and they're throwing out statements that divides the church right down the middle in their message of unity. I'm thinking, my God, man, God, teach us truth. But it's the truth that's only going to be found in the high place of prayer. Oh, I hope I don't bore you. I, I hope I can help you. Look at 16. That he may reconcile both to God in one body. Somebody shout it, please. By the cross. Having slain the enmity thereby. Look at verse 19. Now therefore you are no more strangers and followers, but you are what? Fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Now in the letter to the Ephesians, Paul is revealing the content of his prayer to the body of Christ. And I love this chapter. He's saying, I'm praying to you. Come on now. I'm, I'm, I need you to, I need your minds. I need your hearts. I know I got your bodies." but I need your minds and your hearts and your spirits. He's saying, Paul's saying, I'm praying that you come to understand your new identity and position as a born-again Christian. Paul, that was the prayer of Ephesians 1. I love that prayer. He said, I'm praying that that you come to understand your identity. A lot of us are saved and don't even understand what our salvation is about. He said, I'm praying that you would understand your, your identity and your position uh, in Christ. He said, Christ has been raised from the dead and set at the right hand of God in heavenly places, which is a place of supreme power, dominion, and authority. That's where Jesus sits, in a place of power, dominion, and authority. And he defined that place. He said, let me tell you where it's at. Far above all principality.'" far above all power way far above he's not just a little higher than the demons he's so far above them that that are you following me he's so far up there he uh, i love that song he don't have rivals god don't even have a rival amen a, revi- a rival can challenge me he's so far above nothing can challenge him huh while you're really uh uh chewing that could think of this. Well, you've been seated right there with him. You have no rival. Amen. There is no demon, there is no flesh, there's no anything that should be having this much influence on you because you are so far above that. Why would you come down and reason with the flesh when you can draw your politics from another world? Why? Hold up. Pray for me, Randy. She's looking at me like, I feel you, pastor. You're a mess. Far above principality, power, might, and dominion, not only in this world, but in that world which is to come. God has put all things under his feet. He made him to be the supreme supreme head of the church, which is his body, which is filled with himself. (laughs) Then in Ephesians 2 and 6, he said, He's raised us up to sit in heavenly places in Jesus. And now, are y'all with me? Come on now. Stay with me, please. And now because of your exalted position, Sister Beth, to heavenly places, we are now fellow citizens. Ain't Ephesians powerful? We are now fellow citizens. We now, listen to what it said. We now share citizenship with the saints and are of the household of God. Amen. I'm so sick of this terminology. I'm just a sinner. Saved by grace. Well, that ain't what my Bible just taught me. Come on, I'm after all kind of truce that people are throwing out there that are so far from being scriptural. I am a fellow citizen with the saints. You know what the uh, word for saint is? Sacred, physically pure, morally blameless, ceremonially consecrated, holy. I am a citizen in a people group. All right, but it's with people who are physically pure, morally pure, ceremonially clean. It's called saints of the living God. That's the people, amen. That's the people group we hang out with in heavenly places. It gets better, and that's he said, You are now a fellow citizen with them. You are co- citizens with this type of people and you are the household of God household actually means family it means relative one is connected by blood so not only am I a fellow citizen with you I am of the household of God I am related to God by birth now I am related to God himself because that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And I've been born of the spirit. So now I am a blood relative. That is crazy. Of an almighty God. Are you seeing now what I'm trying to teach you? You can't fall for the temptation to be pulled into biases that were created by mere human beings when I am a blood relative to God I am a fellow citizen of a country that's not even in this world and do you know what real Christianity does? I am a colony of heaven and I bring heaven's atmosphere into the world that I live in. Amen? So people ought to be able to know how heaven is acting by looking at the citizens that are living on this earth. Earth. and heaven ain't fighting one another heaven ain't hating one another no wonder jesus said pray thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven we are a colony of another world why are we being influenced by the world we live in because we don't know where my citizenship is i owe no allegiance to the united states of america Oh, that's a tough one right there. I'll say it this way and maybe you can bite into it. The only allegiance I owe to the United States of America is through its ability to pay allegiance to the God of my salvation. The moment my country starts turning left from my heavenly citizenship, then I do not turn left with my country. Oh, this is too much for you patriots. I told you I'm going to say some statements you're going to be mad about. And so, so, so right now, you and I have been raised up above the earthly, temporal citizenship and we've made, been made citizens of a heavenly state whose king is Jesus. See, that's what I started to say a while ago, but I don't know if y'all are ready for it. Can I just say it anyway and let you do what you want to with it? We have the greatest nation in the world. Everybody says that. That's why we having to. That's why they're having all this border trouble. Everybody's wanting in this kingdom because it's the greatest thing in the world, and it was the greatest thing ever established because it was established upon a republic. Amen. Unto the republic for which it stands, and that sounded so neat in the beginning. And it sounded like so much wisdom in the beginning. And maybe it was the beginning to get a nation going. But you know what a republic is? It's a government by the people for the people. That's what a republic is. We have no monarch over us. We have no dictator over us. We are a republic and we are proud of that. It's a government by the people for the people. Well, that's real good as long as the people are good. But when the people turn bad... The government turns. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, it sounded real good. When God never intended for us to be a republic, because in the kingdom, it's not republican. The kingdom is a theocracy. And there is a king who is just and right and pure and holy. And he sets the rules and we obey them and it produces life. Oh, my God, I'm just, I got to take you where I've been in prayer. That's my wife and my kids. One of the greatest patriots that ever was, and I'm still a patriot. But I'm telling you, God's starting to put things in proper order. Amen. So that we can get it right to bring healing to a community. To bring healing to a community. So right now, I need you to start embracing I am a citizen of another world. So if I'm a citizen of that world, I've got to understand the politics of that world. I've got to understand how it works so that I can be a devoted citizen to my heavenly country. But the the American church has never been here before, but you're about to be brought into a place where your allegiance to the heavenly country is facing to clash with your American citizenship. You can't pray in church. You can't sing in church. You can't do this in church. You can't even gather in your churches. And they're about to clash. And then we're going to see where your allegiance lies. So I'm preparing you mentally to be able to handle this as it comes. Not as it comes, it's already begun. But listen, let's, let's move forward. Are y'all still with me? The word citizen, we are fellow citizens and your citizenship is in heaven. Philippians chapter number three, right? Well, the word citizen is, and I'm gonna to try to say it because I want you to listen for something. The word citizen is, poll you may, poll you may. Polit you may. Y'all hear y'all hear anything in there? It's where we get our word politics. The word citizen in the Bible is where we get our word politics. It means community. It's where we get our word politics. So Paul is saying we are part of a family, a community that has a higher level of politics than this earthly realm we live in. Isn't it? And yeah, listen to this. You, you might want to try to write this down. Politics by definition is this relating to the ideas of, or strategies of a particular government. Politics by definition is relating to the ideas or strategies of a particular government. In other words, seeing that you and I have been raised up to sit in heavenly places in Christ, then our lives are now governed by a higher level of ideas and strategies. Earthly politics divide us. Earthly religion divides us. Our carnal ideas and strategies divide us. But you and I are not of this world. We're pilgrims. We're strangers. We're just passing through. God raised us up into a realm that supersedes anything that is of this world. And we have a higher calling than to be American citizens. We have a higher calling to be non-denominational. We have a higher calling than being Baptist. We have a higher calling than being Pentecostal. We have a higher calling to be female. We have a higher calling than to be male. Matter of fact, uh, 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 in this heavenly citizenry, there are no separal, separate people groups. The, the scripture says there's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no bond, there's no free, there's no male. There's no female. We are a spiritual body. And though I may be a male and you may be a female, it's a portion of God of the Holy Spirit in me, amen, uh, through a male expression. And if you're a woman, it's the Holy Spirit of you in you. And He is, he is expressing Himself through a female body. But we are still one in the Spirit. Can y'all receive this level of preaching? We are one. So being male doesn't give me superiority over you. You being female doesn't give you superiority over me. We are one in Christ. Are you listening to me? It says in 14, Christ is our peace and he's made both one and tore down the wall that divides us. He abolished the anger that was between us to make out of two one new man so making peace. In other words, when I come into this kingdom, Kamal, we lost our old identity in Christ and we are now fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Let me put it another way that might be more palatable. Uh, we We were able to escape our old fractured, divided identity and were made one. In the new identity of Jesus Christ. Do you realize. Bliss. This was actually the last prayer. That Jesus prayed. Father. Make them one. Just like we are one. This was his last prayer. Make them one. Just like we are one. And it was a level of unity that could only be acquired through the cross. Stay with me just a few more minutes. When Jesus prayed, Father, make them one just like we were one, he knew what it was going to cost to do it. I want you to, I want you to. Understand the cost of unity to find out if you're ready to pay the price. It's a level of unity that can only be acquired through the cross. We read it. I had you say it out loud. It's 2.16 if you want to highlight it. He, that he may reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross having slain the anger between us. Can I tell you right now? Every other nation other than God's nation was slain on that cross. Every other nationality, every other ethnicity, everything that divided us was slain on that cross. Everything that, oh, here's one for you. Everything that divided me from myself and God was slain on that cross. Oh, I, 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 need to, I, need to, I need to work with this just a little bit. Through that cross, everybody became one body, which is the body of Christ. Somebody ought to write this, this statement down. Now to preserve and to perpetuate this level of unity, it's gonna require a cross. I'm going to say that again. Now to preserve and perpetuate this level of unity it's going to require a cross. And, And let me help somebody right now. There first must be internal unity because I can't be unified and at peace with you if I'm at war with myself. Thank you for recognizing the power of that. The first thing the cross has to deal with is this divided kingdom called me. And I'm really having trouble liking me. So where does that leave you? The Bible says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I can't love you properly properly. Until I can love me properly. Is anybody in there? Because you see, I, this lashing out I'm doing, this hatred that I'm spewing out on you, really? If we could stop and reason together and talk, you're not really the problem, I'm the problem. And I hate me so bad, I'm going to take it out on you. And I see this in the body of Christ that that I'm still identifying with my weaknesses. I'm still identifying with my faults. I'm still identifying with my failures, my inconsistencies, and unholy propensities instead of my new life in Jesus Christ. <laughs> then I am at war within myself. Oh, y'all ain't going to help me right there, but I'm talking now to majority of the body of Christ. Amen. I'm at war within myself because I know I'm supposed to be holy, but I'm having these unholy propensities uh, to be unholy. Amen. And then I'm I'm struggling with the insecure me. I I'm I'm struggling with the not worthy me. Amen. So I'm really at war with me all the time. And then you're expecting me to start a movement that brings unity across denominational barriers and everything. Well, Jesus said there ain't but one way to deal with division and that's through the cross. So before I can really love effectively, then I have got to nail my weaknesses and my insecurities and my unholy propensities to a cross and reckon myself dead to that old nature and embrace my brand new nature. Then I am in one with me. Oh my God, are y'all catching this like I feel it? Huh? Some of you have never stepped into the fullness of everything God's called you to be because you're at war with you. You're still reckoning yourself unworthy. You're still reckoning yourself unfit. You still, uh, Romans chapter number six, or I, I not know, somewhere around number 10, Paul said, Reckon yourself dead to sin and alive to God. You're at war within yourself of two natures living within you. Oh my God, are y'all receiving this? Uh, so Paul, so Jesus said they want but one, one way to bring true unity, and it was through the cross. Meaning, uh, one mindset had to die. One nation has got to die. One one level of propensities has got to die, and I got to get in Jesus so I can become one with myself. Is anybody listening to me? We got to get. We got to have inner healing in the body of Christ before we're ready, Amen, to unify and to to unify. And broken society can somebody just, just shout out with, with, with total transparency I need to be healed but if Jesus said I reconcile both to God through the cross amen the only way to bring peace with me is to reconcile both of me to God through the cross my flesh and my spirit has to be reconciled to God and in doing so it brings these two worlds together it helps me understand what, what do you do what, you, what do you do when your sexual inclinations are contrary to your gender what, what, what do you do which one is the truth am I what my feelings says I am Or am I who Jesus says I am? That's got to be dealt with the same way your insecurity has to be dealt with. Through the cross. Through the cross. Because you're weak and unworthy is a lie. Them unholy inclinations is a lie. So Jesus says the only way that you're going to bring complete and total unity within you... Is to apply the cross to that part of you that is not the truth. Which begs the question, what is the truth? What is truth? Because all of us have a truth we govern our life by. It's how I make my decisions. It's how I vote. It's how I see myself. It's how I respond to you as a brother or I respond to you as a sister. I'm responding from a well that I call truth. When in reality, that truth itself may be, need to be nailed to a cross and crucified So, I can embrace absolute truth, which is the Word of God. Are y'all listening to me? The only way of escaping an old nature and embracing my new nature is with a cross. And let me tell y'all what that hurts. It's it's unity is expensive. It costs me laying myself down. And see, this is why it's so important for us to get a hold of this. God's having a hard time finding a church who can rise up and be a voice in a time when it is imperative that our communities hear from God. It's because we've never dealt with the division that's in my own heart. We've, we've, never, we've never reckoned ourselves dead to an old lifestyle, to old feelings, inclinations, propensities, mindsets that had to be nailed on the cross and I have to stand up and say, I am a citizen of heaven. I am of the household of God. And I am fellow citizen with the morally pure. Not just ceremonially pure, morally pure. In other words, my actions are not just pure, my motives are. Are you following me? Now having said that, let me close out with this thought. In the midst of all this prayer, and I'm just highlighting everything God's revealing to me. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, do you even know why you're fighting for unity? Why? I mean, is it just a good idea that we just ought to be unified? I'm afraid we do so much in the body of Christ, but we don't know why we're doing it. I, I, are y'all listening to me, Life Church? I need you to know in this, in being on the forefront of what is coming and where we're going, that if someone asks you, why is unity so important to you? So God began to teach me. He said, There's nothing no more unified than the Godhead. The, unifi- the, the Godhead is so unified that denominations are fighting over if he's one or three that's how unified he is he's so unified you can preach two streams side by side and them compliment one another of him being one God or one God manifest in three persons he's, he's just that one he's just that unified There is no discrepancy between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Matter of fact, Jesus said, we're so much one. If you've seen me. Huh? Oh, I saw one of us elders get together and just throw all this in the middle of the room and just chew on this stuff. He said, we're so unified. So if you see me show up in Jesus' form. My vocabulary belongs to God. My spirit is is behaving in the character of God. Everything about me is one. And that's what makes our Godhead so powerful. There's nothing no more powerful than unity. As a matter of fact, the the first greatest feat of unity we saw was without God. Remember that? They were building the Tower of Babel. And they said, we're going to build this thing to heaven. They were saying, we're going to be God. And God looked down and said, let us, whoever he was talking to, let us go down and see what they're doing because they're going to accomplish this out of unity. It's the most powerful force to man. It's what welds marriages together. So for the devil to tear up a marriage, all he's got to do is bring division." For the devil to tear up a nation, all he's got to do is bring division. Amen? Because he has no power to destroy you, but if he can get you divided against each other, you would get a disease. Disease is a dis-ease in a body. Are you following me? And it destroys itself. Amen? So if someone asks you, why are you fighting for unity? You say, are you kidding me, man? Division is a disease I'm fighting to heal because it destroys a body. It fights against itself, Lukey? Because Satan has no power because I'm so far above him, the only way he can stop me, a little disease, a little division. So God began to teach me, y'all, okay, we're going to get out of here before 1230, y'all, stay with me. He began to teach me the power of unity and why we must fight for unity. Number one, you must fight for unity in you because unity is the root of faith. Think about it. Faith is the fruit of unity. The prayer you could literally say where it says without faith it's impossible to please God, you could say without unity. It's impossible to please God. You could literally say the prayer where it says the prayer of faith will save the sick. You could say the prayer of unity will save. What do you mean by that? Because faith is the, 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 the unity is the very root of faith. Because when I pray, I must pray with nothing wavering. Are, are, you, are you catching it now? This is why unity is so important in you. I can tie the two together with one passage of scripture. James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all man and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea. Let not that man think he'll receive anything from God because he, uh, a double, are y'all catching it? A double-minded man is unstable in all of his way. So he ties faith to being in unity with me. God can't answer my prayer if I'm coming to God and I'm totally divided in myself over my request from God. Are y'all catching it? This is the unity that must begin in me. I don't care how many scriptures I know, if I come to God and in myself, I'm so divided with my feelings and my emotions and the spirit part of me is saying, God is able. But my other part of me is saying, I don't know about this God. Without faith, it's impossible. Without unity, it's impossible to please God. For they that cometh to God must believe that. Oh, is anybody listening to me? So unity is faith manifested when I come to God. Am I coming all divided? Or am I coming in a state of unity? And my flesh and my soul has been brought under subjection to my heavenly citizenry. So when I pray, God says... That's a unified prayer. I can answer that prayer. Can I tell you, some of us are going to have to back up right here, right now and get healed of my division so I can be powerful in prayer. Oh, my God, are y'all listening to me? Second point on that point. Second point on that point. Write down these scriptures, Matthew 18, 18. This it is this. Come on, y'all. Stay with me. Stay with me. Number one, before I leave this ground that I should teach on for weeks, if you're praying from a divided inner state, God cannot partner with that prayer. So you need to back up and say, I need the cross in my life. To deal with all these insecurities. I need the cross of my life to deal with these propensities that are pulling me left. So that when I come to God, I am one man. Body, soul, and spirit. I am not divided within myself. And God says, that pleases me now. You're unified. But you can't do it without a cross. Here's the second point of why God... And this is the part that really I'm wanting to sit down with all of you and just talk about and teach. But listen to scripture, it says. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you that if, somebody help me that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For whether two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. All of a sudden I understood. Heaven is such a place of unity that when I am unified with me and then I join hands in total unity with you I bring that unity into this world and it manifests itself in power. No wonder the devil wants you to be divided against you. No wonder he wants to be you to be divided against your brothers and sisters because Flukey, it's the only way heaven can be released from that dimension into this dimension is through unity. Anything. Anything. And you know, stay with me, stay with me. And you know why that unity is the only avenue through which the kingdom of heaven can be poured out upon earth? Because it's a principle God said in the Old Testament. He said... Let everything be established by the mouth of two or three witnesses. When they were given the law, they literally had to stand when Moses would give the law. And every time they would read a law, they would shout, Amen. Millions were standing on a mountainside and they would read the law. And the, the, the congregations would shout, Amen. Meaning, so be it. We are in agreement with it. Without that earthly agreement, there could be no heavenly government established on earth. Oh my God, are y'all listening to me? No wonder the devil has divided us. No wonder he's divided you from your own self. Matthew 16, 19, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. How is things bound and loose through a spirit of oneness with one another? Do you realize what, Lacey, you and Michael could accomplish if you were just unified? Do you realize that? that, And and now it makes sense, Josh. When Jesus sent out the 70, how did he send them? He sent them by twos. Why? Because it's a principle that heaven can't be released on that level without the union of two hearts coming together. No wonder he sent them out by two because God said it can't be established. Oh, yes, there's that private prayer time of yours, but we're talking about advancing the kingdom of heaven in a way that brings heaven's government. Are y'all getting this as much as I have felt this in prayer? No wonder. So now it's taken my fight for unity to the next dimension. I'm not fighting for unity for the sake of unity. I'm fighting for it because now I know it's the only avenue that heaven can get to this earth. is through unity. God, isn't that powerful? So first, I got to get in a prayer closet and I got to become one with me as I become one with God. I got to get past all this struggling in me that I'm doing and then come to prayer in a divided and then, Rosetta, you got to get healed so that when me and you come together, we're not just saying the same words. We are touching the same thing. We are being touched by the same thing. We are so unified. So that unity is an expression of a heavenly government. And then that government just starts ruling in that unity. God Almighty, stand with me. Just stand with me. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.